I've seen my kids be a voice in the midst of kind of crazy situations right now. That's part of that Proverbs 31 when it says their children will rise up and call them blessed. I thought I would have to wait until they're 40 and had kids of their own. They called within the first month of being away from home and being in the college campus, calling back and saying, wow, thank you. I had no idea. The Memphis Home Education Association is a membership-based Christian organization dedicated to serving home educators and students by providing support, encouragement, and activities. And to learn all about the wonderful things of the Memphis Home Education Association, we have the vice president here in the studio today, Kathy Armstrong. Kathy, good to see you. Thank you, Byron. It's great to be here. Trying to just reflect back on the first time we met, you weren't an Armstrong, you were an Addison. The youth group at Bellevue, was it going on a mission trip? Was it going on a choir tour? We were, I'm trying to remember, my wife and I used to teach in the youth, so I was trying to figure out. I think it was probably a choir tour. So much has happened in those days. Yes, it has. You're married to Rex Armstrong? Mm-hmm. We've been married for 25 years. Has it been 25 it years? Has. Oh. It of course, the Addison family, great folks. Your parents, your brothers. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, your brother Wayne is the president of the Memphis Home Education Association. So, did he have to twist your arm to be the vice president? <laughs> oh, actually, it was I who twisted his arm oh. to come onto the board for his accounting and financial expertise. And very quickly, he was able to take the reins and lead the organization in such a great way. We love to have him. It's fun to get to be in that capacity with your brother. How long has the Memphis Home Education Association been in existence? Oh, goodness. Since the uh, late 80s or so? That's about the time we started as a homeschool family, and that organization was just getting started. And I remember one of the very first conferences that there was at Leewood Baptist Church back about that time. I think it was probably maybe their very first one. My wife and I, Pam, we had our first child. I think at that time he was three, so we were already thinking about education Mm -hmm. and thinking, do we want to be homeschoolers? So let's go to this conference and learn. And wow, like drinking from a fire hose (laughs) of all the information and all the excitement. But that was the beginning for us. That's awesome. Now thinking about it, the Memphis Home Education Association was an influence greatly Mm -hmm. in our lives as we started homeschooling. That's great. That's kind of what we like to hear. (laughs) They were instrumental with me and leading and guiding me. And to be able to come back and be involved and serve has been a blessing. Kathy, what were some of the concerns for your child's education that originally attracted you and Rex to travel the homeschool road? Well, our homeschool journey was a little different. I know there's a lot of people who that's their intent always to homeschool, but that was not ours. We have three sons. Our first son attended a public school that was a neighborhood school, had a very good reputation, a great principal. Everyone rode their bikes to school. The moms carried the younger kids in the little red wagon. And so we were kind of looking for this idealistic experience. So my child in first grade, we uh, really struggled with that. We did not have a positive experience. So that really led us on a journey of finding other options. And we looked at lots of options, other schools, private schools, until someone mentioned homeschooling. And I was like, wow, I'm not sure about that. But the Lord obviously clearly led us that direction. And we've been homeschooling now for about 
17 years. So, well, well, you said you had maybe a little bit of reservation about jumping into the homeschool wagon. Were there fears attached to that? There are fears because as a mom, you just don't know if that's a big responsibility to be in charge of the education of your child. And you always second guess. I mean, as moms, we second guess lots of things, yeah. but that is a scary place to be to think that you're the one who is responsible for that. You don't know if you have the confidence. Do I have the knowledge? How am I going to choose? You think that maybe the teachers, because they were educated in that way, probably have a better handle and are more qualified. But we quickly found that um, was not the case. And those fears, they weren't realized like I thought they would be. It's okay to feel inadequate. And it's okay to ask those questions. Absolutely. The unknown is something you need to address because it's new for many families that way that go into homeschooling. And I guess the big one, as you mentioned, am I going to hurt my child educationally Mm -hmm. if I teach my child at home? Well, that is a concern. Really, the opposite is is what is true because nobody loves your child like you do. And our teachers are wonderful people. And we feel, especially for the environment that they have now, but they're dealing with 23, 27 kids in a classroom. They can't tailor some of the learning to a child in that classroom like you can at home. You know your child, you know the good, the bad, the ugly, you know their strengths, their weaknesses, and you're able to tailor that in homeschooling. So if they really excel in reading, you can push that forward and they can be, you know, three, four, five grade levels ahead. They struggle with math, you can work with them at their level. So at any given time, people would ask my kids, well, what grade are you in? And they would look at me like, Well, what grade am I in, mom? You know, because in one class, they'd be in seventh grade and one class, they'd be in fifth grade and one, you know, (laughs) in grade level. So that's the beauty of homeschooling. You have the freedom and the flexibility to really tailor and customize the education for your child, for each child. So all three of mine learned differently and had different strengths. Okay, three children. Tell me their ages. Got 22, a 20, and a 17 now. So I'm technically only homeschooling one at the moment, but we've got one in grad school, one in college, and one in who was a junior in high school. But there was a time when all three were being homeschooled. Yes, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) And what have you seen as some of the noticeable advantages of homeschooling your children? As you mentioned, they all have their own individual personalities. The way they learn is all different too. Yes, definitely. So the good thing about it is you've got your basics, your reading, your writing, and your arithmetic. Those are basics. You have to have mastery in English. You have to have mastery in math. But some of the other things you can tailor to your child. So one who is a science, kind of a science nerd who didn't like writing. Well, I could create something with his English and his writing and his research and things that all pertained to science. So even though your curriculum may say they have to write a paragraph about, you know, their favorite Christmas present that year or something, we could tailor that and he could write about reptiles or snakes or whatever. So we were able to do that. So it still encouraged him to write within his strengths. We have another one who loves history. So we kind of altered the sciences a little bit for him. And then we really pushed history, founding fathers. He loves early American history. We did a lot of travel and visited these places. So we were able to adapt that. And that is what he's 
pursuing now in college. So when you were afraid that I am not good at science, what am I going to do if I have to teach chemistry? (laughs) Well, that is what my oldest child went into. So it wasn't through a lack of mind. You teach them how to pursue learning and love learning and give them the skills to do that on their own. And they will find what God's created them for and they will run with it. As you were talking about your child that loved history and you try to connect with them, places to travel, to connect historical events, he could see where it began, where it, what happened, you know, put that in the equation. And I remember we were doing something similar and we had some other homeschool families that we were connecting with. Mm-hmm. That's what's another great thing about yes. homeschooling. <laughs> we went to Shiloh. We were talking about the Battle of Shiloh, which was a very significant battle, as you well know, in the yeah. Civil War. We decided to go out on this battlefield and we took water balloons and we divided up. And so it was like the north and the south. We had this scrimmage and the kids still remember that running across that field, throwing water balloons at each other. But it got them connected with the place and the time of history. Yes, that's awesome. And we like living books as well versus textbooks for just that reason. When you read the stories of some of the generals and the battles and you read the notes from the Confederate soldiers and it puts a personal face in. And you remember that yeah. rather than just studying dates and times and places and those things. So, Kathy, what have you learned about your relationship with Jesus Christ through homeschooling? <laughs> that is a big question. Um, when I first started homeschooling, I thought it was about the education of my child. But we very quickly learned that it was about a discipleship in the home. And it was about us living out our faith before our kids. When Jesus talked about in John 15, being connected to the vine, I found that that was my personal verse for homeschooling as a mom. When I am connected to Christ, then he produces that fruit in me. And if I'm trying to do it on my own, I produce fruit of frustration and confusion and maybe some anger and those kinds of things in my children. That's not what I want. I want them to have peace and righteousness and joy. And those are the things that come out of. So if I'm doing it in my own flesh and I'm questioning my confidence and all those, that is what the enemy uses to stir up strife in our family. Instead of walking with the Lord, he teaches me, I teach my kids. (laughs) Wow, I love that. That is so practical and and so real, Mm -hmm. you know, because God wants to walk this with you. It's not that you're doing a solo act on trapeze. And it's not just about the education of your child. So much more. Oh, so much more. Because of the concerns of Mm COVID-19, the coronavirus, which we know this pandemic has just been crazy, are you seeing that more families are homeschooling for the first time? Absolutely. We've really seen an increase in families who are looking for a different option. Their kids might not be thriving in the environment that they're having to learn or that they are, you know, wearing masks all day, the age of their child. There's so many factors that play into the educational environment that we're in right now. How can a parent determine if they're getting the right resources for starting homeschool? There are so many options. There's so much out there. Where do you begin? It can be overwhelming, especially for a first time. Yes, it can. And that is a great question. And I would love to send people to our website, org. We have a section on there specifically for new to homeschooling. We want people to be sure and understand that they know the legal ways that they are able to homeschool. And I've got great news for you that the state of Tennessee is very homeschool friendly. We have very few regulations that are put on us by the state. 
and you have three different options that you are able to choose from if you want to homeschool your kids. And I did want to make the distinction of we all feel like we're all homeschooling now because even if you're in a government school, you are still doing school at home. But doing school at home is not the same thing as choosing the legal option of homeschooling. So you're still under the umbrella. Yes. You're still registered with your public school. Exactly. You are just doing the material at home. But that does not mean, according to legal definition, you are not a homeschooler. So another advantage of the Memphis Home Education Association is helping families navigate through legislative activity mm-hmm. that impacts, because you said it's good right now for homeschoolers in Tennessee, but you want to stay on top of that, right? Yes, yes. And that is the main goal. MHEA does provide competitive sports and spelling bees, graduations and prom and all of those kind of what we think is traditional school activities. But our major focus is to protect the legal yes. aspect of homeschooling. And we do that with a very close relationship with our state legislators in Nashville. Do you have a legal department with your organization when certain issues arise or do you refer parents if they need legal help? Yes, we do refer people. We do not have legal. We have we can provide them with the legal requirements, but if something happens outside of that, We always encourage people to join an organization called HSLDA, which is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They have people for each state, staff lawyers. We actually have a video from our Tennessee state lawyer, Dan Beasley, on that new homeschool website on our own website. They're the watchdog for homeschooling for the United States and abroad, but we have our own person who focuses just on Tennessee. Now, is that the same organization that Michael Ferris, I believe, started? He did start that originally. He's one of the original starters. He, of course, has left and started another one that focuses on constitutional defense. Okay. But yeah, he's the one who uh, started that. He was one of the speakers at the very first homeschool conference. He is so awesome. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Kathy, talk to that parent right now that's on the fence about homeschooling their child. Maybe they don't have that college degree, or maybe the ages of the younger children at home, they're so demanding right now. Talk to that person. Well, there's a lot of uh, questions that come up with that. The first thing I would say is, Again, you know your child the best, and you know what's going to work for that child. There are ways that you can incorporate so much of the younger kids in with the schooling. What we did personally was we taught to the top level of the student. So if I had an eighth grader, I would teach to the eighth grade level, and everyone else would jump on board or jump off board whenever they needed. But there are ways to include the younger ones. The younger ones want to be there with you. You know, we would have special toys or activities or things that they could do so just so they would be in the room with us. But you are just just be shocked at how much they pick up and how much further down the road they are just by being in the room and listening to you work with an older child. If you get involved with your child's education at home and you start discovering that maybe they're not learning the same way as your other children are, maybe there's some learning challenges that they have. Do you guys help coordinate testing to find out where a parent's child is. We do have some options. We have some resources on our website that we have some recommended psychologists, educational psychologists in the Memphis area. They're able to help with specific testing. HSLDA, who I just mentioned, they have 
special learner consultants that you're able to call and make and, an And just give you an example of that. Mm-hmm. We have three sons. We homeschooled mm-hmm. all three of our, our sons. Our youngest son wasn't learning on the same level as the other two. As you track where kids are picking up certain learning disciplines, his was a little bit different mm-hmm. until we had him tested, found out he was severely dyslexic. So it changed the dynamic of educating him. Right. But there was a dear lady connected with the homeschool association that was a friend, went to church with us. She gave herself three days a week to tutor him and help assist in areas where he needed help because she was trained in that area. That's cool. So that's a good point to bring out. Sometimes parents worry about that. Are there options? What can you do? God makes ways. Yes, that is. (laughs) And you can't think of all the what ifs. If we dwell on the what ifs, we would never take that one step in faith. But God provides all along the way. So you don't have to worry, well, what am I going to do when I get to high school? There'll be a way. God provides people, families, groups. When you're not strong in one area and your friend at one point, I taught their child something. She taught my child something. It's just amazing to see how God provides. Kathy, what about support groups for parents? There are support groups all across the city. (laughs) MHEA actually has a couple. One's family-based. One is a mom support group. A lot of our sports teams, they act as a support group because they are centered around a common goal with basketball or with golf. So those pop up. There are tutorials across the city, and they provide help. There are Facebook groups. We have a lot of support here in the Memphis area. And I know all the information is available on the website, too. Some benefits of joining Memphis Home Education Association. And where do the funds go? Is there a monthly or yearly cost to be part of the organization? There is a yearly cost. It's a voluntary organization. You don't have to join MHEA, but there are a lot of resources for you if you do. It's $35 a year. The major bulk of our membership dues, the state of Tennessee has eight chapters. MHEA is one of the chapters under the parent organization, Tennessee Home Education. They are our watchdog at the state level who are watching all the laws and legislators. So the bulk of your membership goes directly to THEA to keep things legal because we can't have competitive sports. We can't have spelling bees if the state of Tennessee decides to regulate homeschooling a little more than it is. That's our number one goal is to always keep the option of parent involvement in your education legal. The rest of it, we do maintain an office for a part-time, open three times a week. Everything else is voluntary. We have volunteer board. We have volunteer coaches. We have volunteer yearbook staff. We have volunteer prom committees. The rest of it is just people who want to minister to this group of people in the Memphis area. Well, and $35, a minimal amount. Very minimal. And it maintains our website, our Facebook pages. We like to squeeze every ounce out of that dollar (laughs) that we can. But it is a benefit to be part. If you're going to homeschool here in the Memphis area, it's a good thing to be part of the Memphis Home Education Association because you are the Eagles, too. You know, We didn't mention that. Matter of fact, the Memphis Homeschool Association sports team, some of them in the past, have gone to national championships. Yes. Our girls' basketball team has been the national champions for several years in a row now, so we're very proud of them. But we have kids who go into college sports from our sporting program every year. Baseball, basketball, they're all involved. It's that kind of competitive level. You're not reducing the quality of sportsmanship at all. 
You have, as you mentioned, school pictures. They're going on right now. Yes. Yearbooks, which are always fun for students. The performing arts at Bellevue. I think the performing arts at Bellevue right now is just postponed because of COVID. Have they right. started back yet? Well, they're doing their lessons virtually right now. Okay. So probably through the fall. Some of those classes, you've got theater classes, choir, concert mm-hmm. band. Anything else offered? Well, through the performing arts, there are several that you can do. Private lessons, drum lines, the theater, the choir allows us until just recently, the WTSBOA, where they're able to perform and try out for All West. So if you have a student who is really into music and wants to pursue that in college, being able to be involved in Tennessee Blue Band and those kinds of things. That's a huge accomplishment, and we want to provide those so they are not lacking in anything that a traditional school would be able to provide. Right now, COVID is limiting a lot of things, particularly field trips is what I'm thinking about. Yes. But you do help organize field trips through Memphis Home Education Association. Absolutely. That's one of our big things that people will join us just for. Us. Give us couple, some examples. Well, we have not, I guess I should say from last year, because yeah. we haven't been able to do the things that we've normally done. We've done trips to Redbird Games, Grizzly games, the showboat, um, special discounts for Memphis Air. We've done educational ones where they're able to go to different uh, educational historical sites, different things. So it's a wide variety. Some for younger kids, hands-on Lego classes where they're able to learn engineering principles through playing with Legos. We have someone who teaches that. So we have a wide variety of STEM classes, historical classes, and just fun activities that the parents can come together and still meet other parents in their homeschooling community. Wow. Kathy, you mentioned that you and Rex have three sons, but two are actually in college now. Is that right? Yes. If you talk to them as they reflect it back over their life and homeschool. Have they given you input? Mom, thank you for this. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) It just warms your heart as a mom when they very quickly, maybe a couple weeks with being into college, they called home and said, Mom, thank you so much. I had no idea. I had no idea the benefit that I had by being taught at home. From a Christian perspective, but also as well as just a knowledge, the things that they were taught at home, for instance, the history that we taught at home looks much different than the history that the government schools or even at the university level that they're teaching. So they have the tools, whether it's through apologetics or through history, they have the tools and the knowledge to combat what's going on. They're able to have a voice. They're able to stand up. And I've seen my kids be a voice in the midst of kind of crazy situations right now. That's part of that Proverbs 31 when it says their children will rise up and call them blessed. I thought I would have to wait until they're 40 and had kids of their own. They called within the first month of being away from home and being in the college campus, calling back and saying, wow, thank you. I had no idea. Kathy, that is... As a parent, so beautiful. Yes, <laughs> you know? I mean. And you talk about preparing them. It's a discipleship. You are discipling them. Now, as they go out and confront these battles that there are on the college campuses, yes. they are able to stand firm because so many of our kids out of high school are getting swept away and they're leaving the faith. I know. We had no idea when we answered the call to homeschooling when my child was six years old. We would have no idea what was going on in our world right now and the tearing down of monuments and historical artifacts. We would have no idea. There was no way I could have prepared for that. You wouldn't even conceive that that's happening. But the Lord 
led us to certain history curriculums, books, stories that fed the love of this country for my kids. And so now when they get into a university setting and it looks much different, they're able to stand and they're able to give factual information from original source documentation about how this country really was founded. And that's important to us. That is so important. It should be important to every parent that's listening to our program that wants to make sure their child has the Mm -hmm. proper education that is being discipled Mm -hmm. in the name of Christ. Wow, this has been great, Kathy. Thank you so much. Now, is there anything happening that we need to know about right now in Memphis Home Education Association? Well, um, a couple things that we are working on right now is I know it looks different with COVID. We're not able to meet in some of our large groups. We do have a lot of tutorials and videos and things that you're able to watch online. Um, But we're going to start Homeschool Helps, where it's kind of an in-person, like an open house where you can drop by. We'll try a different couple locations in the city. One of them is going to be at the office, the MHA office in Cordova. If you really are struggling and need some help, that you can come and ask a veteran mom, a seasoned mom who loves homeschooling and just to encourage you and be a listening ear, maybe offer some advice or some direction. And the best way to go is that website to learn more. Yes, and our Facebook page. If you need some up-to-date, quick information, the MHEA Facebook page is a great place to stop by. And if you're new to homeschooling, friend, be sure to check out MyMHEA.org. That's where you want to go, MyMHEA.org. There's some informational videos. There's three of them. How to get started, homeschooling legality, and how to homeschool with special needs. And so you can go to the website there, my. MHEA.org and find out that information. Kathy, this has been great. I hope you'll come back. I hope you and Wayne will come back too. Oh, that'd be great. We'd love to. You know, to keep people updated, it's an important issue on yes. homeschooling. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Byron. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us as we talk about home education. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Today's Mid-South Viewpoint is brought to you by Navage. Just think about all the nasty stuff we breathe in every day. You know, the dust, allergens, bacteria, pollen, pollution. You know the things in Memphis here. What are we breathing? Well, if you wash your hands and brush your teeth every day, then why aren't you cleaning your nose to clean out all that junk that's trapped up in there? Let me tell you about this product. If you suffer from allergies, sinus infections, or are worried about what you're breathing in, it's called Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. What's Navage? Well, it's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. People that have suffered from lifelong allergies call Navage a complete game changer. They are breathing more clearly, sleeping better, snoring less, and feeling a whole lot better. In fact, 90% of people who use Navage report feeling healthier. Now with cold and flu season just around the corner, why not make Navage part of your daily health routine? Experience what it's like to truly breathe better, sleep deeper, and feel healthier. Go ahead and visit Navage.com. That's Navage.com. Or you can find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Beyond, and Target. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. N-A-V-A-G-E.